Hello, my name is Ness, with double X. I am an artist who sings, writes songs, improvises on the piano, and creates original electronic music. Check out my songs at the Nessa Z N E S S A Z profile on www.soundcloud.com. Thanks for tuning in. The following podcast is intended for adult audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Iron Realm, Chapter One Thirteen. Dark Elf Tactics. Nendra had played her part with the Goblin King to perfection, praising him, flattering him, giving him what he had wanted, access to a weapon of incredible power. The Goblin Lord was a fool, of course, and he thought only of raw power and of domination rather than the subtler intrigue that played under the surface, and she had used this to her advantage. The king still lusted for revenge, for his favorite slave who had been taken away from him, for by this time word had come back that she had been slain, and he accused the tribe of Nora for this, having sentenced them all to death should they ever be found by his men. But again and again, the goblins had failed in this. First, the hunter, then Marak, and after that, word of them had gone silent in the maze until they came on the eve of his planned invasion into Gamma One, his realm. Nendra promised him the vengeance that his own battalions had been unable to deliver, and although the king had his mind now on war, and on his conquest of Alpha One, the fact that the tribe of Nora, the very objects of his hatred, were within striking distance, well, all of this demanded action, and he would carry out his evil will upon them, with the Dark Elf Nendra at the ready to serve his purpose. The cracked mirror had given their location, the brainwashed dwarf had recovered, and through his eyes the king had seen that they were in his secret treasure chamber. The goblins could not be trusted for the task, being full of greed and avarice. This is what Nendra had suggested to the king, and besides that, she and her sisters were quicker. She and her sisters had magic, and where brute force had failed, a precision strike would not. Her price was just the male, the elven male called Orson, for his seed was desired by Kiaren, for it was the magic that would bring fertility to that which had been fallow. It would bring children to Delta One, children to the kingdom that had none. The king knew this, and he intended to use Nendra's mission against her, use her for his purpose, and betray her when the deed was done. All of this Nendra knew, playing into his perception and feigning impotence, 
in the face of his power, and she fueled his ego at each step, until he was certain that she depended on him for it all, that she was powerless to escape from Gamma One without his command, and this may not have been strictly true, for Nendra had her ways. But she did not tell it to him, and when the location of Nora's tribe was revealed, the Goblin King had long been lulled into thinking of the Dark Elves as the best chance for his revenge, and so he commanded them to ambush the tribe in the southeastern maze. Come out to you. Indeed it was so that Nendra and her eight sisters were faster, heading through the maze in soft leather boots, bows in hand, and ultimately taking cover in one of the common layers, intuiting easily that the tribe would take a straight shot toward the crystal room in order to escape with the king's gold. The king, knowing that the crystal was dark, imagined no way that they could escape, but Nendra did not underestimate them. Not the humans or the dwarves, or the gnomes, or the elves, for she knew they were cunning. She and her sisters would take the mail from them and allow them their escape. That which they desired, their own lives, she would be in a position to give to them, and in the face of the king's rising army, they would have no choice, and then Orson would belong to the Mizari at last. Come to us, for we shall receive you. The Lady Kiaran demands it, and I very much desire you to. So close to the escape, the tribe of Nora is ambushed by Nendra and her dark elf sisters. Outclassed by their speed, out of reach of the crystal, have they come all this way for naught? I'm looking forward to doing this show for you tonight, travelers. And I thank each and every one of you for your support of the Iron Realm for listening to this episode, for taking my offerings on DriveThruRPG, and for joining me at patreon.com slash theironrealm for additional extras and bonus podcasts aplenty, for looks at future books, and for the acquisition of many other offerings too, each of these stored in the Onyx Vault, ready to be explored and attained by each of you. On this note, I'd like to congratulate our latest Iron Deity, John Merle Holes, who has taken up the challenge and risen to new heights for the Iron Realm cause. Have you enjoyed his fanfiction so far? Well, I look forward to giving you more at a future time, and there is much more to be heard regarding the story of his character 8 Winlin. If you'd like to hear it ahead of time, be sure to check out the Iron Realm bonus cast, a tier 4 reward for patrons at patreon.com slash the Iron Realm. <laughs> 
catch all the tails ahead of time before anyone else on the planet. And who knows, maybe a few tales too that you won't be able to hear anywhere else. So I thank you, John Merle Holes, for your patronage of the Iron Realm cause, Iron Deity, to the realm. You have made your mark and shall always be honored by all of those who wander and explore the endless halls. Level up. Tonight, Brina, the Divine Warrior, takes character level two as she embodies the will of Rhiannon through the corridors of Gamma One. Let's have a stat advancement for the gnome. Strength, a five. Dexterity, a three. Constitution, a six. Another roll for Constitution, a one. And let's have Charisma, a two. Intelligence, a two. And Wisdom, a one. Her max level points go to a 16. And the stats of this Divine Warrior are as follows. Strength 10, Dexterity 9, Constitution 10, Charisma 12, Intelligence 6, Wisdom, 13. For her loyalty, Rhiannon has granted Brina her first spell, the ability to pray into existence, an effect of spell level one. And this will come to her when she next takes prayer, though in the meanwhile, she also senses that her divine ability to exile undead has now improved. Standing meekly in the shadow of your husband, no longer... Brina, divine warrior, you are truly coming into your own. Complete details for tonight's guest audio are in the show notes at theironrealm.blogspot.com The Iron Realm Podcast Copyright A.B. Lenzo And I, your Maze Master Recognize with honor All ye contributors to tonight's show Sarah Moore Neringa Joltoskaita Guinevere Breathe Secrets of the Maze Master, Maze Master, Maze Master. What follows is one of a seven-part series for the Map Master, in which I will describe for you a new strategy for laying down maps in the Endless Realm. The strategy involves placing tiles down upon your sheet 
of MapMaster's graph paper, and in so placing these, you'll ultimately reveal every secret of the Gnomish Homeland Beta 1. Part 3. As last time, MapMaster, acquire you now Tileset 1, which you have in progress, and also Beta 1, the map of the Gnomish Kingdom. It is time now to draw the third possibility of Tileset 1. Like all the others, it is a 7x7 seven seven square. I recommend drawing the square first with a dotted line of pencil, which can be erased when you are done. Let's take a closer look at what we have. Let's draw a corridor coming into our 7x7 seven seven from the very center of the western side. The corridor travels in one, two squares, but on the third square, it is turning south. Then, it will move south yet one more square. But then, on the very next square, it will turn to the east. Extend it to the east once more, and put a secret door on the eastern wall. If you've done exactly what I've described, you'll have room to draw in a 3x3 three three room in the exact southeastern corner of this tile. So to review, coming in from the western side, the corridor goes 1, 2, 3 to the east, whilst turning on that third square to the south, a total of 1, 2, 3 headed to the south, and turning on that third square to the east, a total of 1, 2 to the east, ending in a secret door, and the secret door is in the very center of a wall, that wall belonging to a 3x3 three three room, which is nestled perfectly into the southeastern corner of the 7x7 seven seven tile. Just to put a fine point on it, the corridor encloses 6 total squares, whilst the room encloses 9. Now let's consider the corridor coming in from the eastern wall, and if you've managed to draw the first part of this tile correctly, then this second part can be imagined to be exactly similar to the first, if it were rotated 180 degrees. But let me specify, the corridor we are about to draw will enclose a total of six squares, so coming in from the east, but traveling to the west, coming in from the very center of the eastern side of the tile, then traveling west. We've got one, two, three squares, whilst on the third square, the corridor is turning to the north, including the one we're on. We've got one, two, three squares, whilst on that third square, the corridor is now turning to the west, and including the square we're on. We've got one, two squares, the final square, dead-ending at a secret door on its western wall, and beyond the secret door is a 3x3 three three room, which fits perfectly into the northwestern corner of this 7x7 seven seven tile. Now, in the style that we've used so far, let's turn these rooms into circular rooms. Inscribe a circle into each, making sure that one edge of the circle perfectly intersects 
VS of the secret door that is there, with its other edges coming as close to the outside walls of the square as is possible without going past it. To be honest, it pleases me to round off the corners of the corridors as well, maybe just slightly to give it a bit more of a pleasing look. And then, to finish your illustration of the tile, go ahead and ink in anything that's actually not inside a passage or not inside a room. With this done, you've completed the third feature of tile set number one. Some more guidelines for placing tiles, and these guidelines pertain especially to a tile of the kind that we've just described. If you take a look at tile type 1 and tile type 2, you'll notice that should I rotate these, they are indeed actually the same as before. It makes little difference whether it's rotated or not. On the other hand, with tile type 3, one can imagine that it's at least possible to rotate it. And so, if ever a tile type of 3 is indicated while generating a dungeon, it should be drawn as is, with no rotation, assuming that it is a fit to the previous tile. However, if it is not a fit to the previous tile, that is to say, if drawing it would block off the previous tile, then the Maze Master may, at his discretion, rotate it 90 degrees before placing it in order to avoid such a mishap. Finally, of the two corridor room combinations indicated, the Maze Master should only draw the one that actually connects to the prior tile. The decision of whether to draw the second should be postponed until he knows for sure that it would make sense to draw it. Why draw the second room corridor set if there's nothing beyond it except for solid rock? <laughs> so in placing a tile like this, the Maze Master really needs to stay on his toes. Well, with these additional guidelines given, let's get a look again at our map of Beta 1. And as it turns out, traveling east from the centermost location, the dice do indeed indicate an addition of Tile Type 3 just to the east, and that would be position 2614. There's no need to rotate the tile in this instance, since it already fits perfectly flush with the crossroads we're starting from. Go ahead and draw it in, although only the southern quarter room combination should be drawn at this time. We'll need to wait and see what the tile to the east actually is before deciding if the counterpart quarter room is sensible to draw. So for now, just keep that in mind, or perhaps pencil it in with dotted lines to be realized later, only if it should make sense. That's all for today. Coming next, part four, and I will see you there.
Hey, Lana, the wizard, welcomed into the arcane circle of her loves, finds her abilities blossom in leaps and bounds. Her level up to character level three on tonight's Iron Realm. Kaylana is skilled in the dagger and the staff, and now at character level three, she has the potential to yet further improve her skill in one of these. That is, if she can find a weapon master. I am noting the potential for her to be realized, perhaps, at a future time. As for her stats, I reckon with these now, rolling a d6 for each. Where do you stand, Kaylana? Where do you stand as the next challenges of your life are revealed before you? Strength? One. Dexterity? One. Constitution? A four. Charisma? A one. Intelligence? A two. And wisdom? A two. I'm raising her life points to a maximum of 12. But the real prize is the flash of insight that Kaylana has received for yet a greater spell of spell level 2. This she will surely transcribe at her next opportunity for study. I've consulted the charts and here's one I didn't expect. Psychic Rope. The ability to summon and command a psychic cord to any purpose that the wizard puts to it. As an added bonus, the wizard can also command more mundane ropes, vines, and cords by mental command for the entire duration of this spell. Well, beautifully done, Kaylana. Long gone are the days of your apprenticeship for the inspiration of real power is now upon you. Woe to those who face the wizard! Iron Realm! Iron Realm! Iron Realm! Iron Realm fans, the next book in the Iron Realm Strategy Guide series is available now on Drive-Thru RPG. Pick up the book now that covers the upcoming chapters, and give Character 8 the gift of future sight. Replete with up-to-date maps and a collection of fiction drawn straight from upcoming episodes, take you this offering now as the latest jewel for your own Iron Realm collection. With the latest Iron Realm strategy guides, you, traveler, are following the action and meeting each challenge every step of the way. Visit drivethroughrpg.com and search on the Iron Realm with your adult settings enabled. Acquire this latest strategy guide and each of the others for your own Iron Realm collection. Now, raise your sword and shield into the maze. We go. Level up.
something of an illusionist. The gnome Mixman achieves character level two tonight, marching beside his wife and his leader, Holiander, whilst an ally too to those of the tribe of Nora. His stat advancement now begins. Strength. It's a six. I rolled again. A four. That puts his strength up to a 10. Let's see about dexterity. A four and constitution. A six. Constitution again. A three. Oh, this is very good. With a constitution now of a nine, his life points go from a seven to an eight. His penalty erased. How about charisma? A three. Intelligence. A one. And wisdom at last. A six. Another wisdom, please. A four. I'm putting his wisdom to an 11. Mixmin, you are the stronger. Mixmin, your endurance is greater. Mixmin, you are the wiser. I double his life points to a 16, and we close his level up with an acknowledgement of his next level 1 magic spell. And it shall be... Sparkle. Tribal Matters. It is 3 p.m. on the 13th day of Sakaris. The tribe of Nora is headed for the Crystal Room on Gamma One, currently positioned at 2717 in a hallway led by a hempen rope in double file with their train stretching off into the east. Grevik the Dwarf has been handcuffed, whilst Paola and Kana have been mind-charmed by Orson. Paola has 12 life points out of 20, Brevik has 19 out of 27, Holiander has 14 out of 16, and Thora has 6 out of 9. And they are the lot of them, loaded up as far as they can go, with the gold they've acquired from the King's Secret Horde. The available spells for the group are as follows. Amazar, Door Denial, Blen, Hands of Healing, Twyla, Illumination, Nim, Illumination, and Nora has the ability ready of her silver sword, whilst Kailana, Amazar, and Lilena have each memorized a portion of the greater spell always open. Kailana having two portions memorized, Amazar three, and Lilena one. Aunt Holiander has memorized the incantation required for the Gnomish Kingdom, Beta One. The marching order for the group is as follows. At the front, leading with their dark vision, Holiander and Mixman. Just behind would be Kana and Bardar. Behind them, Stockholm, who has taken charge of Brevik. Just behind them, Amazar and Solis. 
At the very center of the train is Brina and Okeilana, and behind her, Tani and Lilena, then Tanik and Nim, then Nora and Twyla, then Marks and Thora, and taking up the very rear, Orson and Paola. As is their usual way, they travel with all lights out, and a long length of hempen rope stretched from the front to the back in order to guide each of them on the way. Just short of their goal, the roaming creature's check has come up a one, and I cross-reference now on the Gamma One roaming creature's chart. And what is coming? Oh, this entry indicates Dark Elves. And in case of such an event, I have a specific encounter set aside. It is Nendra and her Mazari sisters, having somehow been able to track down the tribe through the tunnels of Gamma One. The train stretches back five squares, with the end of it positioned at 3117. It is the corridor between the armory and the common layer. And first, let us determine whether the Mazari are coming in from ahead or slinking up from behind. That's a high-low roll. Let's have it. The roll is low. Nendra and her sisters are coming up from the rear. But how far away are they? 2d6. We'll decide. The roll is a five. That's 50 feet. And so they're in sight of the tribe. There are a number of Dark Elves with Nendra. Let's have a roll Gala, to see minutes. how many total Dark Elves Master. there are. Master. Nine Mazari in all. So that's Nendra, plus eight others. I'm going to say that there's no question that the Mazari have seen the tribe, for they are possessed of dark sight, and they're basically facing them in the hall. I'll suggest that they were originally hiding in the common lair, room 63, having come out into the hall swiftly with their bones in order to ambush the tribe. The Dark Elves are coming up upon Orson, Mark, Thora, and Paola from behind. I'm going to give Paola a listen check, which, upon success, she will possibly have a chance to alert the tribe before the Dark Elves are fully upon them. The D100 roll, 44, neither Paola nor any of the others understand that Nendra and the others are coming until Nendra takes their attention by training her bows upon them and issuing her demand. Halt! Comes the voice of a dark elf woman and the group freezes at the sound of bowstrings tightening all around them. We've come for the elven male, the one that you call Orson. We know your plan. For the Goblin King sees all, and when he sees, we know, too. Give Orson into our care, to and the King need know nothing, for we shall let you go free. But defy our will, and face the wrath of Our Lady. We shall slay you where you stand, and take the Elven Male by force. There's a chance that Orson Paola and the dwarves will be surprised. I'm making that check now. A four, they are not. And it's time to set up the map. The crystal room is a 30 by 30 room with a teleport crystal at its center and a double doors at the center of its northern wall. Consult your map in order to orient the rest. You may find it in the strategy guide. 
for this episode. But essentially, Tamek Nim, Nora, and Twyla are positioned on the square, just north of the double doors, with Marks, Thora, Orson, and Paola just east of that, and four Mazari Elves at 3617, four more at 3717, and one elf bringing up the rear at position 3718. Round one. The tribe? A six. Nendra and the Mazari? A one. So close to the crystal room, Nora shouts to the group Let's to run go. for it. This allows a double move, and indeed, the bulk of the group slips through the double doors to the crystal room, allowing Hollyander, Mixmoon, Stockholm, Brevik, Kana, Bardar, Amazar, Solas, Brina, Kailana, Tani, and Elena to slip inside with Tamek Nim, Nora, Twyla Marks, Thora, Orson, and Paola bringing up the rear. The tribe can take no other actions, for this is disallowed while running. The Dark Elves can move nine squares, whilst still having the option to fire their bows. So they close the gap, halting at 2817, which is at the door to Gorthak's armory. Fire! Says Nendra. And capture the elf! From this close range, each of three bows is fired with a plus one bonus on the hit. Orson and Paola will be taking it in the back, and so Orson's shield bonus will certainly not apply. But then again, on second thought, I suppose it's extremely unlikely that the Dark Elves would fire on Orson, but then again they might, in an attempt to slow him down anyway they can. Let's just say that the three Mazari firing, for that is the most that might have a shot considering the constraints of the corridor. Let us say that I'll roll a d6 for each of these Mezari, and only on a one or a two would they consider firing at Orson. Three dice for three Mezari arrows. Five, five, and a six. All three women will fire at Paola. She has an armor value of four, and the Mezari would normally need 15s, but we'll make it a 14 for the close range, and away go the arrows, streaking through the chamber. And what shall come of it? One 15, and two misses. Paola is struck for four points of damage, staggering, but still moving. One of the Mazari women, Haile, has her voice heard as she utters the words of her spell, Mind Charm Lesser. Her target is Orson, and he must make a death save of the fifth kind in order to avoid it. Needing a 15 or higher, 15! The spell falls upon him, and for a moment he feels very strange. But this is magic that is known to the elf, and somehow he blinks through it, taking Paola by the hand, and moving fast ahead. Round two, the tribe of Nora. A one, and the Mezari, a four. Three more arrows go sailing towards Paola, attempting to fell her. One from Nendra, one from Vela, and one from Sena. A 19 and a 16, with one miss. Paola is struck twice in the back. <laughs> Only two points of damage? <laughs> it seems it's hard to fool a rogue. 
she has dodged the worst of it, being only grazed across the shoulder and the hip. So one damage and one damage to Paola puts her down to a six. Highly, the Mezari, who had cast his spell upon Orson, now commands him. She says in a strong commanding voice. Leave the life that you have known. Come to us, for we shall the command has no effect, but this will not be known to Haile until this moment. The tribe takes their turn, the last of them entering into the crystal room, including Paola and Orson, who shut the doors hide behind them, whilst Amazon casts door denied. 104 level points for the Mazari. I am your Maze Master, Abel Enzo. And once more, I call upon your might, O oh, legendary powers. Join me again, and until then, may the realm remain safe in your trusted hands. Play hard, or go home! Iron Realm! Be well, brave travelers, one and all.